Okay, so again, we're, st- we're going to start here today. Here we are in Perik Zion. Uh, good morning, and we're going to begin with just closing out one point on the Pasuk from the previous Parsha, a very interesting point, which is made, I, th- I think, is the meaning in the Medrash. And, um, and then we're going to continue on to look at the next Pasuk and their, the characterization of the behemoth, or the kosher animal. In the, second, in the first Pasuk of Perek, what's called Perek Zion, Hashem tells Neach to come to the Teva because you I have seen before me a tzaddik, as a tzaddik before me, Badar Azeh, in this generation. There's something which is noted immediately by Rashi, by Chazal, the Gemara and Eruvin, and we mentioned this and discussed this at some length last week, which is that the description of Noach and his righteousness here is somewhat spare, somewhat limited. You're a tzaddik before me, Badar Azeh, in this generation. Whereas previously, in the beginning of the parsha, when it described Noach, in the narrative it said, Noach is tzaddik, tamim hoya of Noach. was a tzaddik, perfect in his generation, with God walked Noach. Here, it just refers to him as a tzaddik lefanai, badar azeh, a tzaddik before me in this generation. Why the limitation? And of course we found Rashi's pshat, which is what, what Rashi brings from the Gemara, which was that there's a difference between what you say in the presence of Nayach and what you say not in the presence of Nayach. Right? Partial praise in front of him, whereas the full praise not in front of him. And therefore, in the beginning of the Parsha, where it was a narrator, narrator not speaking to Nayach, it describes the full description. Tzadik, Tomim, But here where Hashem is speaking to Nayach, He's more limited. And we talked about what the reason is for that, what people usually think the reason is, we don't want it to get to his head, what is the actual reason as, as, as illustrated by Rashi and Erevin, by the Marsha, by the Medrash. We spent a nice time on that, and I think it was very, it's a very, very important lesson. But I want to share with you a different perspective on it, which comes from the Medrash Rabbah. Listen to what the Medrash says. Quotes of Pasuk and Tillin. Hashem is a tzaddik. He loves tzedakos. He loves righteousness. The, the yoshar, the upright, his face sees, or sees his face. Two sages said, People usually don't like their colleagues, the people who have the same trade as they do. Lawyers don't like lawyers. Accountants don't like accountants. Shoemakers don't like shoemakers. Why? They're the competition. But a chacham, but a wise person, loves his colleague, like Ravchia, who were two sages, the ones who brought together the Brysos, they loved each other. Likewise, HaKadosh Baruch Hu loves the one who shares his craft. Hashem is a tzaddik. And he loves tzedakos. He loves others who share in that tzidkus. Hashem says to Noach, come to the teva. So what does that mean? 
So first of all, right, what's the idea? The, 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 the person doesn't appreciate, doesn't like their competition. That's a normal, logical, protective, protective uh, posture. person says, hey, hey, this is my place in the world. This is my source of income. And this person who's creeping in on that same place is somehow taking something away from me in the realm of the finite. A chacham doesn't feel that way when it comes to chachma, because chachma is expanded by additional chachamim. And what they pursue is not a, right, if they wanted a job as being the paid chacham of the community, they may not like another chacham. But if their pursuit is the chachma itself, is the wisdom itself, and they know that if there are other chachamim, that will just add to and generate the wisdom, then they would love them too. They would appreciate them because they are actually giving them greater chachma. Hashem also loves Ben Umnusay because Hashem is a tzaddik and tzedakah is ohev. He loves the tzaddik. He pursues nayach. He saves nayach because nayach is the tzaddik. We have to understand that there was a there was a being known as the nachash, as the snake. And all of you remember him, that snake from Parshas Bracious. And how the snake tried to, to be a snake oil salesman and went to Chava and said, Hashem doesn't want you to eat from the trees of the garden. Chava said, he does want us to eat from the trees of the garden. He just doesn't want us to eat from the Eitz Hadas. Because on the day that we eat from it, we'll die. Says the snake, you're not going to die. You'll become as great as God himself. And what God doesn't want, the last thing he wants is that you should become like him. He wants to corner the market on godliness. The snake projected onto the Rabboni Shalom this sort of competitive possessiveness as opposed to a desire to share. And it was ridiculous what the snake said. But we, we accepted it. Why was it ridiculous? Because what did Hashem have in mind when he created man? What did he say? Let us make man bitsalmenu kidmuseinu, in our image, in our form. Nase odam bitsalmenu kidmuseinu. Let us make man in our image, in our form. The, the goal was that there should be a human being with the divine image. Like God, Hashem wants to create only things which are inferior to him. If he did, he would have stopped at the animals. But instead, he created something specifically because he wanted to share of his essence. And we understand, right? we, we call Hashem Hatov Vahametiv, who is good and who gives good, is that the ultimate good is to give whatever it is that you have. Whatever it is that you have that you're able to share, whatever you know that you're able to share. You don't just give a person what they feel they need. You give a person what they potentially could have, what you can share, a person who's, who has that desire to share, that's godliness. And that was the ridiculousness of what the snake said. Hashem had certain things. He's not Sayne ben umnusa. He doesn't hate the one who shares his characteristics. He loves the one who shares his characteristics. That's his ultimate opportunity to have shared to the fullest, to have given. This medrash, I believe, is not just saying a nice thing about the Rabbeinu Shalalam. It may also be explaining the reason why the Pasuk only says Tanayach 
Because you have seen as the tzaddik before me in this time. It is true that HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants people to follow after him. But his desire for them to follow after him is because they will then achieve those things which are his essence. Hashem's essence isn't following after himself. Hashem's essence is himself. We as human beings can follow Hashem and arrive at the same quality, at the same destination. What was Nayak described as at the beginning of the Parsha? Tzadik. He's described as Tzadik here too. Tamim. He was perfect in his generation. What does it mean, Tamim Haya? Right, so arguably, Tamim means that he went completely in the, in the way of Hashem. In fact, if you look at the beginning of Parshas Nayach, right, Tamim, right, so the Targum says, Shlim He was complete. In his uh, in his generation, but the 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 and he goes on bedachal to Hashem alich noach in the fear of God noach went the 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 the, um, the characterization of tamim tamim tiyim Hashem alikecha we read in the parsha a couple of weeks ago tamimus is a trust of Hashem tamimus is going after HaKadosh Baruch Hu. That's what the Ramban explains, not right here, but in several places, in two places at least, that to go Tomim is to go completely with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. That's a true description of Nayach. But when HaKadosh Baruch Hu speaks to Nayach, he doesn't say, because you have come with me. It's because you are that value which I want in the world. I want tzaddik. I want righteousness. I want the righteousness which is tzidkus. I, I therefore give it, I, I therefore choose you. Tzadik tamim haya Nayach is a tzadik. HaKadosh Baruch was explaining what his ultimate goal is. Tzadik Hashem, tzedakah isohev. Hashem is a tzadik and therefore he loves the righteous. Now, of course, the righteous are following after him. But he doesn't love them simply because they're following after him. He loves them because they represent those values that are his essence. So you could say what I'm saying is circular. But you understand that when it's the God himself, the one who's being followed himself talking, he does not praise them for following him. He praises them for the inherent value. And the inherent value is tzedek. Tzadik v'yashar. Tzadik v'yashar. Okay, so that's one note, a closing note on our discussion of last week. To recognize what Hashem wants is tzedek, tzedek Hashem, tzedakos ohev. Okay, good? Do you follow what I'm saying? We could have a general description of Noach going in the way of God, but when, Noach, when Hashem speaks to Noach, He doesn't speak about going in my way, He speaks about the value itself. Okay. Let's go on. Pasuk Beis. Mikol ha-beim ha-tayra tirkach l'cha shiva shiva yishvishtay, min ha-beim ha-sher lo-tayra hishnayim yishvishtay. From all the kosher animals, take for yourself seven, the man and his wife, and from the animals that aren't kosher, take two of the man and his wife. 
this is new. Earlier, we had not been instructed about extra animals. We had only been instructed about the two. That was what Nayak was told in the beginning of the instruction. But here, HaKadosh Baruch Hu adds, HaKadosh Baruch Hu adds that he should bring from the kosher ones seven, seven, ish ishtoi. So what's going, what's going on? Right? So again, we earlier, uh, certainly the instruction of seven wasn't there, wasn't a contradiction to, was either a minimum or was saying they should always come in pairs, right, as we discussed then. But this Pasuk raises some different things. And let's just read one more Pasuk before we go on. And that is also from the birds of the heaven, seven, seven, male and female, in order to produce life on the face of the earth. Now, by the birds, it doesn't say anything about kosher and not kosher. So let's learn now the Rashis. What does it mean kosher? What's kosher? This is Noach, Noachite times those which ultimately would be called kosher for the Jewish people. So Noach didn't have a mitzvah of kosher. But Hashem was giving the designation of the kosher animals. What is the meaning of kosher animals in this context? The ones which ultimately will be in the category of kosher when the Jewish people you know, come onto the sea. And this teaches you that Noach must have learned the Torah. Because otherwise, how is he supposed to know what to do? How is he supposed to know what his, uh, what's kosher and what's not kosher if Hashem hadn't taught him the Torah? So that's one issue. A second issue. Shiva, Shiva, 7-7. Seven, seven. Why? Says Rashi, Kadesh Yaakov Mehem Korban B'tseisai. So he'll be able to bring a korban when he comes out of the teva. We know that that's going to be a critical moment. When Noach emerges from the teva and he offers korbanas and that causes Hashem, that moves Hashem to say, okay, I won't destroy all flesh anymore. That is set up here. The indication that there would be a value to doing that comes from here, from the fact that HaKadosh Baruch Hu tells Noach, I want you to take more of the kosher animals. And then, for the cherry on top, point number three, says Rashi, Gamayef HaShamayim, Pitorim HaKosov Medaber, V'yilmat by the birds, when it says seven each, it's also kosher birds. It doesn't say kosher birds. But since by the animals it said specifically by the kosher ones, so to here by the birds we assume the same thing. It's only the kosher ones. So from the kosher ones there would be seven, and Rashi says that the purpose is that he should bring them as korbanis. Okay, very good. So we have two issues, primary issues, and one secondary issue, the primary issues are, how does he know what's kosher? What does it mean, kosher? He says, okay, Noach was taught Torah about what would be in the future, the kosher for the Jewish people. And what was the purpose of the extra ones? It was to bring from them korbanas. For survival of the species, two of each suffice. But for this, we need more. For this, we need more. For the korbanas, we need more. They're not going to survive. We need more. You may recall and we'll have some reminder of this Bezus Hashem later if we get to it, that the Ramban earlier in the last parsha spoke about the fact that Hashem had said 
tovi el hateva lachyos itoch. And on the other hand, it said, You shall bring to the Teva, or they shall come to you to the Teva. Which one is it? Do you bring them, or do they come on their own? Right? Remember that question? And the Ramban said that, well, okay, when it comes to the two, you'll bring them into the Teva once they arrive at the Teva. But they'll arrive at the Teva on their own, because they're coming to survive. And the survival instinct would drive them to the Teva. But when it comes to the kosher animals, which he was going to bring as korbanas, there it doesn't say that they'll come at all. There Noah has to bring them. And the Ramban explained beautifully that the, uh, the, uh, the survival, which was for the sake of the animal, the animal would come. But for Noah to kill them, they're not going to come on their own. Noah has to go get them. Hashem doesn't send them, so to speak, to their death. And then we also had the idea there that since it's a korban, Noach has to initiate. As opposed to the survival, which is not his job to initiate, when it's a korban, Noach has to initiate. Noach has to go and to get them. Okay, so that was a little bit of the discussion there. But this brings us here to uh, two passages which we have in the Gemara about the animals of the Mabel, one in Zvachim, one in Sanhedrin. We've called upon both of these sources generally before, but now we're going to look at them more closely and more significantly. And um, they're interesting, and they provide some complexity around this, around this Rashi. But they work, in a sense, with this assumption. The Gemara in Zvachim, Tahirim avaloi tmeim. As the Gemara were there indeed, Tahorim and Tameim at the time of the Mabel. You know what Tahirin means? It means the ones that weren't involved in Avera. Remember that we've discussed already several times that the immorality which was pervasive at the time of the Mabel extended even to the animals. So when we speak about a pure animal, says the Gemara, we're not talking about a kosher animal in the sense of the Torah that would be given later. We're talking about an animal that maintained its kashrut in the context of the Mabel, which is that it maintained its moral purity, that it wasn't involved in uh, any kind of uh, mingling with other species. He says more, but how on earth did they know? How could they know the, the physical history of the animal? He had them pass in front of the Teva. They had them pass in front of the Teva. Anyone that the Teva accepted, they knew that it was pure. The ones that the Teva didn't accept, that was the, those were the ones that were not. And this was quoted by Rashi back in Perak Vov Pasuk Chaf, where he said, Oisan, Oisan she davku When the Pasuk said, Liminehu, by the birds, it said, Liminehu, it, it, it always said to its kind, 
means those that stuck to their species and hadn't corrupted their ways. They came on their own. The one that the Teva accepted, they introduced. And if you remember, when we learned that, we noted that it's actually two different answers in the Gemara right here. Rashi rolled them together. The first answer the Gemara said was, if the Teva accepted them. And Rabbi Avo, Amar, Amar, Krova, Boim, Zachar, Nekeva, Haboim, Me'eleim. The ones that came on their own. The only ones that came on their own were the ones that had the right physical pedigree, that they had not been involved in relationships with other animals. So those seem to be two alternatives presented in the Gemara both of which are rolled into one back in Rashi in the previous section. But what is the main thing that's instructive for us about this Gemara? What's the one which is instructive to us about this Gemara? So what's instructive would seem to be that the tahirim that it speaks about are not kosher. But the tahirim that they, uh, that they speak about are the ones that are pure, of pure pedigree. Says Rashi, in the Gemorans Vachim, right, what becomes more mysterious here is that till now we understood that the only ones that were saved, the only ones that were saved were the ones that were pure. But if you're saying that Tahirim means the ones that were pure, the ones that hadn't sullied their ways in, improperly, the Pasuk is saying some came in groups of two and some came in groups of seven. The corrupted one came in, came in groups of two. The other ones came in groups or pairs of se- seven pairs. Says Rashi, indeed. Haboin me'eleim v'chol oison shebo la'teva me'eleim bo. Those that came to the Teva came on their own. The ones that came in groups of seven, he knew that they were pure, that they hadn't sullied their ways. The ones that came in groups of two, he knew that they were impure. So they were actually impure animals that were saved in the Teva, according to this reading, the way we have the text in the Gemara. Now let's take a look at another passage in the Gemara, and this is the Gemara in Sanhedrin, on Daf Kuvches. There, the Gemara says as follows. From all of the kosher animals, you should take seven, seven, a man and his wife. To which the Gemara says, Do animals really have marriage? That we can speak about this being a man and his wife? What kind of a term is that? When it says a man and his wife, it means the faithful ones, that no Avera was done with them. Rashi, by the way, fascinatingly, says over here that they stuck with their mate. Right? In Rashi and Chumash, it says that they didn't go with another species. Rashi here seems to imply that even they stayed with one particular mate, one, this male bird with this female bird, this male cow with this female or whatever, steer with this cow. Continues the Gemara, but how did he know that they hadn't done an Avera? 
Now over there, the Gemara is explicitly and clearly dealing with the issue of morality, of faithfulness, and it gives those same two answers as to how they were able to tell. The Chidush in our Gemara in Zvachim is that it says that that's what Tahira means as well, which is not like our Rashi. The Marsha, first of all, notes on the Rashi that he says here, uh, in the Gemara, that it means that they stayed with a mate. No, in Rashi and Chomish, it says that they didn't go with another species. But look at the next comment of the Marsha, and that's on the Gemara in Zvachim. Says the Marsha, take that out of the text. The Gemara, when it asks, how did he know about the Tahirim? Don't answer, the, 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 what, what's Tahirim? The Tahir wasn't given yet. Don't answer the ones that weren't given Aver. That's Perak Chela Garsinalei. Aha, Ishvi Ishta, Ishus Lemei Misla, Amravshulim, Mason Shalem and Avera. He says, that is completely, the non-doing in Aveira has to do with Ishvi Ishtai, not with Tahora. The ones that in the future will be declared as Tahor, which is, of course, the quote that Rashi had, that our Rashi over here had, says the Marsha, that's what it should say in this Gemara in Zvachim. He says, the same way Rav Chizda and Rabbi Avo said that the way you could tell an animal which had preserved its morality or not was by seeing whether the Teva accepted them or whether they came by themselves. The same way, how did Noyach know that that what's a kosher animal and what's a not kosher animal, he knew because of what the teva took in more of or what the teva took in less of. What showed up more, what showed up less. Veda. Ki rashi b'chumish pirish ha-tayra asida li yisra'el yisra'el m'lamin shalom and adnayach tayra. V'kosav hara'eim. And the Mizrahi writes, m'no diloykein m'no havayoda tayra mutmein bahi sh'ata. M'yavu. He says the re'eim, the commentary the Mizrahi on Rashi says, the Rashi says, Noach learned Torah because otherwise, how did he know what was kosher and not kosher? Says the Re'em, the Gemara in Zvachim asked Rashi's question, how did Noach know? And the Gemara in Zvachim answered Rashi's question by saying, there were these magical things, either the, whether the Teva let them in or not, or whether they showed up at the Teva, but it has nothing to do with teaching Noach Torah. So I don't know why Rashi chose to say that Noach learned Torah. That's, the, that's what the Re'em, the Mizrahi, says. He says, the Chizkuni wrote two answers to this, and they don't seem clear to me. Okay, so what I would like to do now is pause in the Marsha and go down on your sheets, okay? You're good with me? Go to source Ches on your sheet, the Mizrahi, you'll just see it, we'll, we'll breeze through it quickly. How did he know? Who were there at that time? 
Says the, the, the Gurarye, I know what you're going to tell me. You're going to tell me that the same magical trick, whatever was brought in, came to the Teva, whatever the Teva accepted. He says, I don't believe that the Teva would have rejected a kosher animal, uh, I'm sorry, an animal that was morally pure just because it wasn't kosher. So he clearly did not have like the Marsha that the Gemara was addressing the issue of kosher. The Gemara was addressing the issue of purity, like we have the text in the Gemara. That when the Gemara asked pure, how did he know? Answered the Gemara, well, pure doesn't mean kosher. Pure means that it was, Im- that it was moral. Says the, the, the Maral, I don't believe that we would say that because two of them were already in there, so he would reject the surplus. Because why do the two, one, the two first ones get to be saved rather than the later ones? Is this first come, first served? Did that say that at the Teva? Big sign, first come, first served? Didn't say that. So if they were equally kosher and equally virtuous, why would the one over the other? So he doesn't believe that this works for kosher and not kosher. He says, but in the Gemara and Zvachim, it does sound like Rashi, like, 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 like that idea. The Gemara does sound like they stopped there. But Rashi didn't want to say that. Inami, alternatively. Alternatively, says the, 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 the uh, Maral, there were never more than two that hadn't corrupted their ways. So therefore, if there weren't more than two, then Noach had to you know, get involved. Why would Rashi push aside what the Gemara said? The Gemara does say that it rejected the ones that weren't kosher. He says, Hashem speaks to Neach about kosher animals. It sounds like Neach knows what a kosher animal is. It sounds like it's a, it's a, it's a predicate. You're going to tell me Neach had no idea what a kosher animal was. He was only going to be able to tell later what the, what the Teva would accept and what the Teva would reject. That doesn't work. Then you don't speak to Neach about the Torah. The Torah sounds like you already presume to know that. I, the Gemara in Zvachim, Menoyada, Says the the, the Marsha, even if Hashem taught Nayak the words 
There are kosher animals, and this is a kosher animal, and this is a not kosher animal. But how did Noach recognize those animals from the lesson in the classroom? How did he know which one it was? Was Noach a zookeeper, right? As he quotes the language of Chazal that it asks in a different context. So that's what the Marsha says. Says the Marsha, Noach must have been taught it before, but then he didn't know which one it was, so the Teva's magic let in the ones, and that helped him to apply the teaching to know which was which. So the Gur'ayah is also dealing with this dissonance between what Rashi says and what the Gemara says. Now, what should really appear here next, I'm sorry, is the Chizkuni, which appears way down on the sheet. I'm sorry, it appears way down on the sheet, towards the end of the sheet. I'm going to bring it back up here, because it belongs here. The Chizkuni... The Chizkuni says as follows. Mikola Behema, Pirish Rashi, Rashi explains. Rashi explains. Mikan Shalom at From here we see Nayak learn Tayr. Vim Taymar. Harminim Bizvachim Tmeim Tayr by Yishata Mihavu, Mashani in Havu, Menoya, Divrim Tayr, Jevkal Tassay. So the Chizkuni asks exactly this question, that in the Gemara and Zvachim, it doesn't say Noach learned Torah. It says Noach brought all the animals in the world to the Teva, and some got in and some didn't. And from there he figured out which ones were the kosher ones. So why are we saying, why is Rashi saying that Noach learned Torah? So the Chizkuni first says that there are two definitions of Tohar and Tame. One is Tohar and Tame kosher and not kosher. With regard to that, Rashi said Noah had to learn Torah to learn what that was. Then there's Torah and Tameh, which is moral and immoral. The Torah refers to immorality as Tumah, Altitamu Bechaleila. And that's what the Gemara is addressing. How did it know the immoral animals? And those were the ones that we, he only knew by virtue of the magic of the Teva. But when it came to learning Torah, when it came to learning Torah, when it came to kosher, not kosher, that Rashi plugs in came from learning Torah. Dovar Acher. And so it's a fascinating approach, the Chizkuni says, that there are two interpretations of Tahorah, and the Gemara and Zvachim is addressing one, and Rashi is addressing a second. Dovar Acher. Hosom b'zvachim ba'ifais parach, menoi yadayim terimim teim, sharei mina ifis tameim rubim, vein lamayid b'saydam. The Gemara's question there was really focused on birds. In other words, Rashi's interpretation, even though by birds it doesn't say tahar, but Yilmat Sasim and Amafurish, it's also true of birds. Birds posed a much bigger problem because there are so many non kosher birds. Says the Behemas were much easier to identify. And he must have identified them because they knew Torah. But the Gemara wasn't speaking about Behemoth. 
So yes, Rashi is complementary to that Gemara, but not contradictory to that Gemara. Dovar Acher. Mikol Abeim HaToyra HaNekiya. Mitoyr Shememaatim Oisam Oidei Achila. Tzikach Lecha Mimena. The ones which are clean. Tahira doesn't mean kosher. It doesn't mean moral. It means pleasant, says the Chizkuni. And the pleasant animals are the ones that people eat. And if people eat them, then you have to worry about endangered species. Because if people eat them, they poach them, they use them, they'll disappear. So the reason why he said that for the kosher ones there should be more, it's not the kosher ones, it's the pure ones, the clean ones, the ones that people eat, have more of them because otherwise they will be depleted. If you only brought two of each, they could be destroyed. But from the Temea, which is the Meusa Lechel, the one which people don't like to eat, one pair is enough. But one second, the nations of the world eat pork, it's not kosher. Why don't they have to worry about extincting, those being extinct? Excuse me. But they have many, many children. They have lots of big litters. So you don't have to worry about them. And then continues the Chizkuni, but because HaKadosh Baruch Hu had them bring more to Hairis, male and female, Okay, so the Chizkuni is saying basically that, well, look, to promulgate, you don't need seven males for seven females. Right? Two males can promulgate with multiple females. He says, indeed, that was the case. But the males would be brought as a carbon. Because Noach brought carbonis Eila, which are only males. So Noach actually brought five carbonis as males. Five Eilas, five carbonis. Whereas by the, 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 the remaining two were there to procreate, one pair like every creature, and then one with the remaining six Nekevos, and they would produce many, 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 many more animals. Rather complicated. Okay, so it's like a multiple steps here in the Chizkuni. And now let's take it back to the Marsha, who said, The Chizkuni Kosov is a base Terutsum, Veina Mechuvarim. The Chizkuni wrote two answers. I don't like them. They don't seem clear. To say that the Gemara and Zvachim is speaking only about purity and impurity morally, but not about kosher and not kosher, that's not what the Gemara sounds like. Because the Gemara starts off by asking, how did Noach know what was kosher and not kosher? The Torah wasn't yet given. And to say that the Gemara is only speaking about birds and not about animals, that's completely not found in the text. But Lamaisa, 
Why does Rashi have to say that Noach learned Torah? Why didn't he use the same approach that he used for morality, that the ones that showed up were the ones that the Teva received? Rashi wasn't puzzled by how he could have known because these magical methods could have clarified for him which are the kosher and which are the not kosher. And he didn't even have to say it because he had said it already. Why did Rashi say Noach learned Torah? Because what are you saying to Neach kosher? Neach wasn't given the Torah. So what does kosher even mean for him? To Neach they were all the same. So the Marsha says, it's slightly different than what we just said from the Chizkuni, from the Maral before, excuse me, which is that, yes, the problem was to call them Tahira Tanayach, right? Maral said, it sounds like that before he even goes to the Teva, he knows that there's such a thing as Tahira. The, 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 the Marsha is saying that that in or, if he's saying there's such a thing as Torah, even though it's not halachically relevant for him, it still must have been in knowledge relevant for him. He must have learned about it. Okay, so complexity, I'm sorry, really. Maybe I spent too much time on going through this with you. Right? But this is the, this is the approach which is, which is taken here. We have a Gemara that seems to be saying something, but it's a little fuzzy because it's exactly the same Gemara as we have in Sanhedrin about something else. So one way of understanding it is that the Gemara is speaking and translating tahora means moral and immoral, exactly like the Gemara in Sanhedrin. The other way of understanding it is that tahora is speaking about kosher and not kosher, and it's giving the same answer that kosher and non-kosher were able to be told by whether the Teva let them in or not, just like moral or immoral was able to be told by that, by that approach. But the fact that Hashem spoke to Noah about it earlier, well, that means that Noach had some familiarity with the concept of kosher and not kosher. Noach must have learned Torah. That's what we get from this collection of Mephorshim. I want to again jump ahead one more spot, and that's to the Radak. I'm sorry if I'm going to be just like beating this a little bit too, uh, too strong. And that is the Radak and Rabbeinu Bachya, which we're going to find which you'll find at the end of your sheets, and again, I'm going to move them up a little bit for the ultimate, uh, that they'll be in the right place. So listen to what the Radak has to say. Says the Radak, As they show up to the Teva, bring them in with you. He didn't tell them about the seven. We just said two of each. But now he said from the Torah bring seven, seven pairs. A man and his wife, or maybe two pairs. Right? Remember we had those two alternatives before. How did Nayach know what was kosher and what wasn't? Maybe Hashem taught him so that he would have no, to have the korbanes when he came out of the Teva. 
He says, one possibility is what Rashi says, that Hashem taught him Tohar, and the other possibility is what the Gemara says, that they came by themselves. However, he says, But by the birds, the Torah doesn't say kosher birds. It says Tomei and Tohar. So they were all supposed to come to the Teva, but they all couldn't bring, be Korbanas. You see, understand, he's assuming not like Rashi. So you're going to have to say that Hashem told him what was kosher. Unless you'll say that the birds also was only the kosher ones that came seven pairs, which is what Rashi actually says. Okay, and he goes, jumps ahead a little bit. He is now, if this was just for a carbon, why would you need seven for the carbon? Nech didn't have to bring so many carbonas. He says, the reason why he said seven was because some of them would be carbonus, but other ones would be just to promulgate so they would have what to eat. Right? Similar to what we found before. And he says, even though Hashem hadn't told Nayach that he couldn't eat certain kinds, he said, all animals you could eat. But he says, hey, lefiateva, naturally, people like kosher, the kosher kinds, more than the others. I mean, you don't see horse meat in the grocery store. You see cow's meat from the kosher animals. You see lamb chops. So he says, therefore, he wanted to leave from the kosher animals plenty so that they would have more. And they shouldn't, they shouldn't run out of them. Why seven? So he says, okay, seven is a, once, once it's not two, HaKadosh Baruch Hu said, let it, be, let it be seven. So this is the Radak, very straightforward. Nayak must have learned about it. Hashem must have taught him about it. And, uh, and uh, the purpose of it was partially for Karbanas, but partially as well in order to be able to promulgate more. And we'll see that, in fact, that's what uh, is written in the Pirkei Rebeliezer. The Pirkei Rebeliezer in Perichov Gimel says that once upon a time, before the Mabel, there were more non-kosher animals than there were kosher ones. But then, with the Mabel, the kosher became more. And that was engineered by this 7-7. That was the purpose of it to engineer that it would be an increase in the amount of kosher animals. That's the way he says it. In Radak, we saw that the reason why he had this specific number was because he wanted to have a korban per person, right? Nayach and his wife and his three sons, whatever the cheshben that the Radak made, that that would cover what, uh, what, what everybody did, right? What did he say? He said... Um, excuse me, one second, not the Radak, but the Chizkuni, right, said that the purpose of having five korbanas was for one for him, one for his wife, and one for his, 
three sons. His three sons' wives didn't, didn't, uh, didn't have their own. Uh, he's saying they didn't bring seven korbanas, um, some for korbanas, some just to increase the amount. And we would mention here Rabbeinu Bachya. Rabbeinu Bachya says it could have been just two of each. The seven was for the purpose of the korban. And he says that's muhrach besoyed korbanas. And we already know this from Bilam, right? Because Bilam was a great Navi, even though he was from the nations of the world. And what does it say by Bilam? Build for me seven Mizbechais and prepare me seven cows and seven rams. So therefore, HaKadosh Baruch Hu said, bring seven. Now maybe that's seven, besides for the two that would have to live. Right? Every shot here creates its own technicalities and problems about what's exactly there. If he's bringing seven, then there aren't any left to survive. Now, there's another issue here, and that is that Eulais are only males, as we said before. The Maral says, in the Gurari, you could see it you know, further down on the sheet, the Maral claims that Nayach brought korbanos, both males and females. And even chayos. And he sees that from the Gemara in Zvachim. That's, he sees that as part of the indication in the Gemara in Zvachim. Okay. So we spent a lot of time here going through this level of detail about what was happening. It seems clear, let's summarize before we, 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 we bring a, what I think is a, a worthy conclusion to this discussion, you know, adding a significant element. Nayach was told to bring seven, seven, seven pairs of the kosher animals. Why was he told to do that? Rashi says he was told to do that in order to bring korbanis from them. Rabbeinu Bachya says, completely to do korbanas from them. The Gemara, uh, and Rabbeinu Bachya, by the way, I would note also, Rabbeinu Bachya continues with what we mentioned last week briefly from the Ramban. The Ramban says, that's why it shifts to the Shem Hashem. Remember in the beginning of the parsha it said, Eloikim, Vayomer Eloikim Lenoyach. Now it shifts to Hashem. So one interpretation was, because now we're speaking about saving, instead of about the mabul, the destruction, we're speaking about the saving, that's the primary discussion. So we use the name of Rachmim. But the Ramban added something, and he said, because what's hinted here is to the Korban. He's telling him to bring seven of each, and that's for the Korban. And for the, by Korbanus, we use the name Hashem, we don't use the name Elohim. Right? So that also comes together with saying that the seven was for the sake of the Korban. But there's another approach, and that other approach is that they wanted there to be more of the kosher species. To increase purity in the world? Perhaps. To increase because these are the animals which would be eaten, and therefore we didn't want them to be destroyed or to have those populations decimated? Also there as a, as a possibility. But as you've seen, there's many complexities here to the interpretation. You want the animals that are moral, you want the animals that are kosher to be more we see these different dimensions. But I want to just end our discussion by noting what Rashi says, which is that Noyach walked with Avram. Avram Uaymer, right? Noyach learned Tyre, excuse me. Now, this is an interesting thing. In the Medrash, it speaks about how Avram kept the Tyre. Avram Avinu the Medrash says in Parshas Chayesara, Parshas Samachalaf, the Medrash says 
that Avram Avinu, how did he know Torah? It says he'll instruct his children, Hashem, he would teach them Torah. But how did Avram know Torah? And what's the Medrash's answer? Avram Avinu intuited Torah. His kidneys taught him Torah. Kidneys are filters, right? it's physical filters. It means the things that distinguish between what is good and what is bad physically, and it's a metaphoric that the Pasuk speaks always about the kidneys give counsel. They help us to distinguish. But the idea is that it says that it was instinct. Elsewhere it says. His kidneys were like his rabbeim, and they taught him Torah, but he knew from himself. Over here Rashi says, Nayach learned Torah. It doesn't sound like he's saying that Noach intuited. It sounds like HaKadosh Baruch Hu taught him. How did he know? Oh, you see that Noach learned Torah. By Avram Avinu, he had it with intuition. With Noach, he had to be taught. That's a Rashi we had at the very beginning of Parshas Noach. In the very beginning of Parshas Noach, it says, Eso alikim isalich Noach, u'avram u'aymer isalich lefanai. Noach is described as walking with Hashem. Avram is described as walking in front of Hashem. Noach needed a support. But Avram Avinu was strong and went with his righteousness on his own. You see, this is a fundamental difference between Avram and Noach. Noach was a remnant of the righteous past. There was a man named Adam. Adam knew Hashem. Okay, he did an Aveira. He got chased out of Gan Eden. But he still was the person who knew Hashem. Chazal tells us he spent 130 years doing tshuva. He had descendants, many of which made bad decisions. But he had descendants who didn't. Chanaich, Mesushelach, Noach, Shem, Ve'ever. The Ramam never lost their way. Noach held on. He followed after Hashem, after the Messiah. There was nothing creative in Nayak's service of Hashem. Nayak was a follower and he followed well. And he followed after HaKadosh Baruch Hu well. Avram Avinu came from a world of Avedah Zarah. Avram Avinu discovered HaKadosh Baruch Hu. He didn't need to walk with Hashem. Hashem supporting him. He found Hashem before Hashem found him. He didn't need a sad l'taymcha. He walked in front of Hashem. The God who my fathers went before him. Avram and Yitzchak. That's what Yaakov Inu says. I walked before him. Avram Avinu was a discoverer. About Avram, they wouldn't have asked, how did he know what was kosher and what wasn't kosher? Avram Avinu would have discovered it. He would have intuited it. He would have figured it out. But Noach wasn't driven by his intuition. Noach didn't know by himself. Noach didn't know by himself. Noach must have been taught it. That's what Rashi says over here. That's what Rashi points out over here. The term Tahar, I see someone asked, Tahar is the term the Torah uses for kosher. Kosher is not used on the Torah. Torah is what is used. And if Noach knew about it, somebody must have told him. 
If it was Avram, Avram kept all of the Torah. We don't have a question who told him. Avram was a discoverer, and so he knew by himself. The whole sugya over here that we've been discussing today starts with a question. How did Nayach know? Nayach must have been taught Torah. There must have been some magic trick that was done there, that the Teva let in only those that were kosher in large numbers, or the only ones that showed up at the Teva were the kosher ones. All of these things are questions the Gemara asks. But it only asks these questions because it's Noyach. In the case of Avram, it doesn't ask these questions. You know that in this week's Parsha, it's going to say the following. This mitzvah that I'm commanding you today, it's not far away from you. It's not in the heavens that you should say who should go to the heavens and get it for us. It's not across the sea that you say who will go over the sea to get it for us. It's very close to you. It's in your mouth and in your heart to do this. So what does that mean? It's in your mouth and in your heart to do this. Explains the Meshachachma. You shouldn't think that the Torah is something that you have to learn from outside of yourself. You have to go to Harsinai, get the instructions and get it. On a certain level, yes, we were stuck with that. We do have to do that, practically speaking. But you have to know, it's not really outside of you. You know it inside of yourself. You have a neshama. Every person has a neshama. The neshama is a piece of the divine. It's a chelik elokami mal. And as a piece of the divine, it knows the truth of Torah. It is identified with Torah. It is identified with right and wrong. That's why people have a conscience that tells them, I know the truth. I know what's right. And we have guilt pangs when we do the wrong thing. We have intuition. Says the the Torah, the Torah is not in the heavens. It's not over the seas. It's inside of you. If you look deep enough, you'll discover the Torah inside of yourself. And that was what Avram Avinu did. He discovered the Torah inside of himself. He allowed himself to find the Rabbi Nashalaylam. Nayach, that wasn't the case with Nayach. Nayach was mamshich. He continued. He had what he had heard, what he had learned from the past that he held on to. And if he had never been taught it, he would never have known it. Asked the Gemara, how did he know? He must have been taught it. The first Jew was Avram. Because Avram was able to discover conscience, internal feeling, internal connection to the Torah. It's a fundamental thing, this idea. That's why Chazal say that when it comes to Yisrael, good intention is as if it's done. Because we, we live on inherent connection. It's not true of others. We live on inherent connection. The Gemara only asks this question because it's Nayach. Okay. That's what I wanted to share with you today. Have a good day, everybody. And a good to vach.